Welcome back into another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 19. I am your host, Carter E., here in Carson City. I am the sports director for the Nevada Appeal and Record Courier newspapers here in town. On the other side of the table from me is my producer, Jeff Mulvahill of www.instimage.com. You can check out all his work there. And before we get into any of today's content, I'd like to thank today's sponsor as well, Double J Auto NV in Gardnerville, or excuse me, Double J Auto. Their website is www.doublejautonv.com. Thanks again for being today's main sponsor. We've got quite a list of spring sports stuff to hit today on this episode. Softball, at least for Carson and Douglas, finally caught up to the uh, the baseball side of things. Uh, five games each for both Carson and Douglas over this weekend in a tournament slate. We'll have some track results from the two schools meet in Reed this past week. A quick look at Douglas and Carson taking care of Bishop Minogue on the swimming and diving thing. And then quick look at Douglas baseball, which keeps on winning. They have now won 10 games in a row, sitting at 11-2 and on the year and 5-0 and in league play. But that's a tease for you, Jeff. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Starting with the softball side of things, Douglas softball played five games this weekend in a Reed tournament or up in Sparks. Didn't drop a single game. They tied their first one against Heritage 0-0 for those of you unfamiliar with baseball and softball tournaments. It's so they don't play forever because they're trying to get in multiple games. So there's time limits, inning caps, that sort of deal. So you can't tie. It's very unusual for those of us not familiar with high school sports, but it's a good time-saving technique as much as you guys know I dislike ties. That's okay. doesn't matter. Uh, 0-0 tie against Heritage, but followed that up with four wins after that. In those four wins, Douglas scored a minimum of seven runs, and over the five-game span, they only allowed nine runs total, so less than two runs a game. Like I said, they went 4-0-1, uh, if you will, or would be 4-1-0 in soccer. Soccer Ties terminology. Ties go last. Ties go care. last. Okay, 4-0-1 there. Uh, Bree Williams and Mackenzie Willis each earned two wins in the circle for Douglas. Williams struck out nine batters in her two wins, while Mackenzie Willis continued to be lights out. She had 31 punch-outs in three games for Douglas. Uh Two of those wins came over Damani Ranch and McQueen for Douglas. That was 8-3 and 13-6. And then they also beat a pair of teams from California in Chico and Atwater. Against Atwater, Haley Wilkinson and Maddie Gooch each had a pair of RBIs to get that win. Uh, Riley Blair knocked in a couple of runs against Damani Ranch to get a win there. Against Chico, Everybody got a chance to get a couple of hits for the Tigers. However, Williams and Lillian Lee each hit solo home runs, kind of highlighting that offensive performance there. And then, obviously, 13 runs against McQueen. Uh, you're doing something right. Ava McNinch drove in four of those and hit a solo home run as well, while Lillian Lee added three RBIs of her own and Riley Blair homeward as well. So, Douglas softball now 10-4-1. and this season, they finally get into league play coming up this Saturday against Bishop Minogue, who has played significantly less games, at least as of 
Monday night, Tuesday morning, they are just sitting at 3-3-1 on the season. Most recently lost to Carson last week there for the Carson girls softball team. Uh, same tournament they were at. They went 3-2 and two over the weekend. They beat Crater 2-0, Livingston 8-3, and then Chico, familiar opponent, 3-2 before falling to Spanish Springs in the opener, 10-2, and McQueen 8-5. Katie Farnworth struck out 19 batters for the Senators in three wins, and she tossed a majority of those innings over those three wins for uh, Carson. Against McQueen, they were tied at five all going into the final half inning, but the Lancers hit a three-run homer to walk that game off. Casey Johnson had two RBIs against Chico and four RBI total over the weekend slate. Sophia Morrison also drove in a pair of runs against Livingston in the win Friday. And Farnworth and Isabel, Isabella Reyes each knocked in a run in a 2-0 win over Crater. So Carson sits at 4-5 and five now. They also get into league play on Thursday against, take a guess, Jeff, Bishop Minot. So a team that Carson just saw was just able to best at home but it is finally a league game so last week's game was not a league it was game. not a league game oh, did not count for league standings softball got gets league started a little later this year i guess so while douglas is sitting douglas baseball is sitting at five and oh in league play both carson and douglas softball are oh and oh in league play however that will change this week quite a bit going on but that will kind of conclude our softball coverage. Obviously, you can take a look on our websites for more. That is www.nevadaappeal.com backslash sports, as well as www.recordcourier.com backslash sports as well. It's also where you can find this podcast, though. I presume if you've made it this far into this episode, you know where to find this podcast by now. So with that being said, we will flip over to some track and field results the Carson boys were third as a team at Reed. They had 124 team points this last week, finishing behind Reed and McQueen. Uh, senior Kai Miller was first in the 110 meter, 110 meter hurdles, excuse me, and also won the pole vault, clearing 15 feet six inches. Not 1510 from last week, but still, still pretty darn close for a senior who's already committed to pole vault at the next level. In the hurdles, he took top honors with a time of 15.81. Nicholas Badian will sign his letter of intent today, I guess technically, but you can find that story online later this week with Augustana University. He was second in the 400 at Reed with a time of 51.11. Tristan Rutledge took second in the 800 in 208.71, and Ioane Tuia was second with a season-best time of 44.3 in the 300-meter hurdles there. Jeff, have you covered a lot of lot of track meets in full from start to finish, or you mostly show up and take some photos for a couple hours and then and then take off? A, a couple. Um, I, I like watching. It's best for me to get a schedule, and it's nice that when it's at Carson, I know the people putting it on mm-hmm. so I can try to grab a schedule and kind of cherry-pick photographically the 1500 and 3200 not very interesting no and you get a lot of the same pictures well and it it, it, other than do i have a cool background or can you see a lot of people it's just it's not very interesting 
when you get you know finish line you know that you're going to have two like this it sounds like we're going to have a, a sprint duel mm-hmm. between carson and douglas this year that that will be fun um the state tournaments those are fun because you know that those kids are all fast mm-hmm. and uh tend to go for something a little bit more artistic to try to it's just a kid on a track running is not very interesting so it's fun to try to get something new that i haven't done before i'd like to try or and track is is one of those sports where you can get stuff that's strikingly different than just some kid running on a track yeah and the some of the field events can be turn out to be really cool especially the the long jump into that sand pit i know i've personally gotten some cool photos with the the sand splashing out to the side or uh, i know Carson's long jump pit has to, happens to be uh, fairly photogenic too with the backdrop there. Exactly. Very much so. Um, get a kid flying in the air, arms and legs flailing all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's one of the things they, they talk about with doing photography for sports is don't discredit high school or younger sports because you may end up at the situation like we have here. Douglas is the same. I mean, you can get close to where they're doing that, whereas at a professional meet, at a, a world championship type thing, you're not getting close. You're yeah. sitting in the stands. Don't even get me started on anybody who likes to say covering high school sports doesn't doesn't matter. That's a uh, whole new sidebar for me. I can go on and on and on about all sorts of reasons why it's one of the most ignorant statements that's that's out there. But yeah. Well, the cool, the really cool thing to me about where we live and the the facilities that we cover is it's accessible to people and if your kid is you know i can't be everywhere ron can't be everywhere you can't be everywhere if your kid is competing you have an opportunity to do i mean we have trained and done this for a long time so we might have a little bit better insight on some things but if you're a parent and you're out there for six or eight track meets you can get something pretty amazing of yeah, your well, kid. And I know you and I have seen people who have uh, seen folks grab a camera and just kind of hop on the baseline at, at basketball games or at football games. It's just uh, kind of if you, if you want it and you have the, the equipment, I guess, because obviously camera equipment is not, not cheap by any means, as you are very aware. Yeah, but, it helps. But, yeah, I mean, even, even being able to get close enough to have a cell phone photo um, though I don't recommend zooming in, but that's, that's another conversation, but yeah. it's still something better than nothing. And like you said, that accessibility is really cool. Originally why I brought it up was, have you ever stayed to the end for the four by four relay? Yes. Cause usually the, for a different reason. Okay. Than you might suspect. The, the four by four relay. I'm almost positive is like universally the last event. And I always enjoy it because you watch all the, all the athletes that are done competing, right? They know there's only this one event left. And because it's a relay, you got handoffs every lap, which adds to the the drama of it all because things can go wrong, right? Whereas Very opposed wrong. to if you're just running on your own, it's you can trip and fall, but there's no there's no handoff of a baton. And I just always enjoy watching teams go back and forth through the infield, cheering on, cheering on their uh, their teammates as they hit that that final event. Uh, that four by four for Carson this week was Ava Brem, Natalie Wakeling. Addie Morgan and McKenna Bud, they took first in the 4x4, like I said, in the time of 4.15.31. So uh, some of those Carson sprinters we'll get to here in a second, but like you like you kind of alluded to, Carson and Douglas will have some some good showdowns this year. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always shocked at the times of these high school athletes. I mean, in 
just over four minutes. Four kids ran four laps, and most people, I mean, that's a four fifteen mile, and most people can't even imagine doing that. And then you <laughs> start talking about cross country kids, and it's like they did what? Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, you gotta. I think you gotta be a little. You gotta really want it to run the four hundred. That's a. It's a, it's do you a ways. Do you do you pace? You can't really do one or the other. You gotta pick, and usually it's the sprint yeah. side of things. Um, well, the, those girls that you just, re- I, I have to, I do have to pitch in here. Three of those are soccer players. Thank you. <laughs> and Natalie Wakeling was third in the hundred meter dash for the Senators. She finished just behind Douglas's Jessica James in second. That was a difference of all of six one hundredths of a second. So 12.69, Excuse me, I had those backwards. Natalie Wakeling was third. Jessica James was fourth. Same times, though. The times were correct. But Wakeling edged out Jessica James this week at the Reed meet. Addie Morgan was third in the 400 as an individual as well, whereas... uh, She's a freshman. Correct. Ava Brim, Rachel Bush, Morgan, and Wakeling took home the top spot as a foursome in the four by one as well, doing that in 52 seconds, which is pretty dang impressive. If you ask me over on the Douglas side of things for the girls, they were seventh with 108 team points edging out Carson, who was eighth bliss. Moody was third in the 200 meter dash. Be sure to uh, pick up this week's midweek copy of the record courier for any Bliss Moody fans, she is one of the two athletes of the week. As a little bit of a spoiler alert there, if you will. Jessica James was second in the 400, along with fourth in the 100-meter dash as well. In the shot put, Sophie Marshoot set a new personal record with a throw of 32 feet, five and three quarters inches. Uh, quarter inches always mess me up there a little bit. She also took second in the discus with another personal record throw of 101 feet and one inch. Chris Bilderbach was third in the pole vault with a season best mark of nine feet, six inches, and also took fourth in the triple jump. The Douglas boys were 13th as a team Saturday with 58 points. Jackson Davis was second in the 3,200 or the two mile interchangeable statistics there in 10 minutes and 16 seconds was a new season best for him. In the four by two, Dakota Jones, Isaiah Midah, A.J. Thurston and Grady Friendsdorf took fourth, while the distance medley relay of Davis, Jacob Hill, Luke Davis, and Dennis Jorgensen were third in 1149-79. In the swimming and diving side of things, both Douglas and Carson didn't have too many issues with Bishop Minogue. The Douglas boys won 169-65, to while the Tiger girls won 153 to 87 on the Carson side of things. The girls won 187 to 54. Excuse me, the boys won 187 to 54 while the girls posted nearly an equally impressive margin of 154 to 84 there. Those are just, as somebody who's less familiar with swimming, it's just a duel, I guess. They just, everybody matched up against Bishop Minogue there. And I think on both the Carson and Douglas side, they won or had the first place finisher in roughly nine or 10 of the 12 total events. Carson Douglas both have very strong swim programs. I've, I've been around a lot of swimming, done a lot of the youth for the dolphins. 
a lot of their tournaments and they have a great program both both Carson and Douglas it's they have a pool yeah, um, yeah. and that that's huge uh, Carson's can can do short course or long course which is a little unique um, and there's a lot of swimmers so it's great to see that they're actually using the facilities and that is a senator boys team coming off a regional title from last season as well most of that team returned this year too so the senator boys will continue to excuse the pun here make waves anyways lastly before we finish up here on to some baseball highlights the senators after falling 4-3 to bishop minogue last week had a week off so they will return home uh, Tuesday today against McQueen, and then they will play Spanish Springs Thursday at home as well. That Tuesday game will start at 3.45 p.m., while Thursday they will play at 6 p.m., so a little bit of a later game. Play under the lights there. Now for the big tease at the beginning, Douglas Baseball, 10 wins in a row. I will say we're hoping to get a coach, player, etc. on the podcast next week. I know the... Personnel interviews have been a little light the last couple weeks, but now that we are back in the full swing of these sports seasons, I am excited to get more uh, local athletes and coaches back on the podcast to kind of highlight what's going on in their program. But 10 wins in a row, you don't need anybody else to highlight what's going on there. That speaks for itself. Like I said, Douglas now 11-2 and on the year. They beat Bishop McNogue 2 nothing this last week to win their 10th game in a row. That is also 5-0 and in league play. Granted, nobody else has played five games in league play, but that'll put you in first place. 5-0 and in league play there. Carson Hill was credited with the only RBI of the game on a double in the bottom of the fourth inning that knocked in Carter Bleeker. Bleeker recorded the lone multi-hit game for Douglas going two for three. He also scored both runs coming across in the bottom of the sixth on a pass ball, getting the final insurance run. For the Tigers, James Hubbard continued to look phenomenal on the mound. He threw seven innings shutout, struck out eight, and did not walk a single batter while giving up five hits. Douglas goes on the road this week. They travel to Damani Ranch and then go a home-and-home series with Reno, who is 14-1 and and getting votes, I believe, in national baseball polls. So the Huskies... As I've said before on this podcast, and mostly because this is what coaches tell me, until somebody knocks the Huskies off, they are the team to beat in Northern Nevada, and I imagine that will stay the case throughout this season, even if somebody does beat them. Obviously, you gotta got a win come tournament time. That's going to do it for this episode of Behind the Bench. Thanks again to my producer, Jeff Mulvahill, and InstantImage.com, as well as today's main sponsor, Double J auto in gardnerville you can check them out online at www.doublejautonv.com and be sure to pick up a copy of the paper in carson city or gardnerville nevada gardnerville minden if you will between the nevada appeal and record courier got a little tongue-tied there but thanks for listening and we will catch you guys next week